It is my honor and my privilege to be here sharing with uh, my River Oaks family once again. I tell David all the time that this is uh, one of my favorite churches on the planet to come and share with. And uh, that is, uh, I, I kind of like you guys, but, but th to be really honest, is I love your pastor. I, I love David Beatty. He is a gift to the body of Christ. Uh, he uh, has become a, a prayer partner for me. Uh, we pray together on a monthly basis and share together, and he has helped to cover me, my family, uh, my church, and I just want you to know how grateful I am for your friendship and thank God for you. And certainly we cannot celebrate the pastor without celebrating the woman who stands by his side. Let's give, give God praise for Beth as well. Uh, and I join and echo the sentiments uh, that David has said. I certainly am blessed uh, to have a great uh, partner in life and in ministry, uh, this woman whom I love dearly, and for some reason she continues to love me back. Uh, I thank God for the Reverend Dr. Victoria Felicia Hanschel. Bless God for her as well. All right, let's jump right into today's lesson. We're in the gospel according to, to St. Luke. Luke's gospel, chapter number 19 is where we will take our sermonic thought for this morning. And I want to lift up uh, verses 1 through 10, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It reads like this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when uh, they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. My brothers and sisters, for the next few moments, as the spiritual guide, I'd like to put a tag on this text and preach from the subject, a master class on missional living. A master class on missional living. Uh, one of my favorite television shows growing up uh, was a TV show called Mission Impossible. Now, I'm not talking about the newfangled movies with Tom Cruise in it, but the old Mission Impossible television show that uh, came on every week. Uh, and all the shows started just about the same way. There was this nebulous voice this faceless voice that would come on the screen that uh, would say something along the lines of this. Your mission 
should you choose to accept it, is to do X, Y, Z. And there would always be some grand mission that the IMF, the uh, impossible mission force, uh, had to accomplish and solve an impossible mission in 30 minutes or less. Uh, and then uh, the message would end with these words. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Oh, some of y'all watch Mission Impossible, too. I, and then it would go straight into the theme song. Dun, 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 dun. I loved it. I loved it every week. I, I look forward to uh, watching Mission Impossible. But uh, one thing I've learned in my life with God is that I believe that we, as the church of the living God, have been called as the impossible, impossible mission force, that we have been given a mission by our Savior. And in fact, truly, our mission is not that impossible. Jesus gave us our mission in Matthew 25, where he says uh, uh, there are six things that we're called to do in our mission, that we are to feed the hungry, that we are to give water to the thirsty, that, uh, that we are to clothe those who are poor, we are, are to welcome the stranger, that uh, we are to care uh, for those who are sick, and we are to visit uh, those who are in prison. That's why uh, I'm grateful for Deb and, and uh, Joan, who's here as well, part of the Foresight Jail and Prison Ministries that fulfill a part of that call to go into uh, the jail and the prison and minister uh, to those who are in need. But Jesus has given us this mission, and our mission is to do what Jesus uh, has called us to do. And, and I believe that Jesus not only gives us a mission, but he also shows us a model for how to accomplish our mission. For uh, in his encounter with Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, Jesus gives us a model for missional ministry. He gives us a master class on missional living. He is our model for Christ calls each of us to be local missionaries who live out our faith in our daily lives following his his example to seek and to save those who are lost, that, that each of us has been invited into this mission that God has given to his church. And, and it's not just for the professional preachers, it's not just for the priests, and, and not for those who are professionally called to ministry, but, but each of us sitting in our seats are called to this life of local missions where we are called to live out our faith in the grocery store, at school, at home on our jobs or when we're walking in the community for each of us has been given a mission from God. Jesus not only gives us this mission but he shows us how to accomplish that mission. But but in, in Luke chapter 19 when we take a look at this text it's quickly revealed to us that while Jesus' mission is to seek and to save those who are lost in the text Jesus is not the only one doing the seeking for. We read in verse number Number three, that Zacchaeus uh, was seeking, he was looking for Jesus. The Bible says uh, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Uh, and there are people all around us, my brothers and sisters, uh, who are looking for Jesus, uh, but somehow, some way, cannot find him. Uh, that we are called to be the missional link that helps others uh, to find the Jesus who sought and who saved us. Uh, Zacchaeus is seeking for Jesus, but, but he cannot find 
them because uh, uh, there are some structural barriers uh, that are keeping him from finding the Jesus that he seeks. Uh, the Bible tells us first and foremost that he cannot see Jesus because of the crowd. Uh, and I wonder how often in the church we have become guilty of being the crowd who is keeping people from finding Jesus. That, that sometimes in our rhetoric, sometimes in the way we present our faith to others, we become impediments to people who are trying to find Jesus instead of being the bridge that connects them to Jesus. And we should never, as the church of God, as the followers of Jesus, become the crowd that keeps people from Jesus instead of the bridge that connects people to Jesus text says uh, that Zacchaeus could not find Jesus because uh, of the crowd. It reminds me uh, of the famous quote that is attributed uh, to Mahatma Gandhi who says, I love your Christ, but I don't really like your Christians because the whole world would follow Christ if not for the Christians. And, and all we need to do is turn on our television and hear some of the rhetoric that goes on in our society and see that far often we as people of God and people of faith have become known more for what we are against uh, instead of who we are for. That we must learn how to not be the crowd that keeps people from Jesus, uh, but the bridge that connects people to Jesus. And so Zacchaeus could not, yeah, y'all could clap for that one. <clears throat> Zacchaeus, he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. But also the text says that he could not see Jesus because he was small in stature. In other words, he didn't quite measure up. Uh, Zacchaeus was not one who would uh, uh, make it in the NBA. He was not seven feet tall. He uh, was short in stature, the scripture tells us. And, and the reality is that there are many people who are looking, who are trying to find Jesus, but, but don't feel like they measure up, don't feel like they're worthy enough uh, to be in the presence of God. But I am so glad uh, that the scriptures teach us that it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter how long we've done it and who we've done it with, uh, that God's grace is big enough. But Paul says uh, that even when I sin, uh, grace does much more abound. Shall we then continue in sin that grace uh, may abound? God forbid. But I'm so glad today that in the times when I sinned and fell short of the glory of God, uh, God's grace reached down and picked me up. Uh, in the old writer's song, uh, in the song of the hymnologist that says, uh, I was sinking deep in sin, uh, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea he heard my despairing cry and from the water he lifted me now safe am I is there anybody that has the testimony that it was love that lifted me when nothing else could help it was God's love that reached down and picked me up turned me around placed my feet on solid ground that even if we feel like Zacchaeus and we're small in stature we don't quite measure up God God's grace makes up the difference and reaches down and picks us up from where we are. I thank God today that Jesus reached down for me. And so Zacchaeus, he shows us that he is seeking, he is looking for Jesus, but he can't find him because of the crowd. He can't find him because he's short in stature and does not quite measure up. But in this text, Jesus, uh, uh, while uh, he is seeking for something, Jesus uh, is seeking for him. And, and, and you may be sitting next to someone today who came to church uh, looking for something. They're trying to find Jesus uh, in the midst of their pain. They're trying to find Jesus uh, in the midst of their hurt, in the midst of the divorce 
us in the midst of, of the bankruptcy, in the midst of unemployment, uh, in the midst of having all of the pain and situations of our lives. Uh, everybody is looking for something. The theologian Pascal said uh, that all of us are born with a God-shaped vacuum in our lives, that there's a God-sized hole in our hearts, uh, and only God can fill it. And, and people have tried to fill it with drugs, and people have tried to fill it with alcohol and, and uh, improper relationships and, 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 and illegal activities. And, and that's why I'm so glad for the ministries uh, that are represented here today. Out in the vestibule, we see Solus Christus, who is reaching out and, and helping people uh, to recover from the brokenness of addiction. The Forsyth Jail and Prison Ministries, Potter's House. We, uh, we see ministries like uh, the Winston-Salem Rescue Mission that are helping to rescue people out of homelessness and addiction. And all of these ministries are becoming the missional link that God has called us to be, to help people to bridge from where they are to where God wants them to be. But in our text, we see that Jesus teaches us three principles, if you will, uh, that we can apply to our individual lives uh, of how we can be the missional links uh, that he has called us to be. Jesus, uh, in his interaction uh, with Zacchaeus, teaches us uh, uh, how we can have a master class uh, on missional living. Three things the text is tailored to teach us. Three things that Jesus does for Zacchaeus that he also shows that we can do as well. Number one, in verse number five, the Bible says that Jesus stopped for Zacchaeus. He stopped for him. The text says, and when Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was, when he came to the place where Zacchaeus was, Jesus stopped. He stopped in his tracks. He uh, did not allow what he was doing that day to cause him to miss uh, this missional moment for ministry. Jesus uh, uh, was on his way to Jerusalem. The text tells us uh, that he was merely passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. This is just before the triumphal entry, just before he begins to make his road to Calvary. He has something very important to do. He has important work to do. Uh, but he takes the time to stop and see about someone who was in need. After all, uh, that is the heart of missional ministry and missional living. For the heart of missional living is being willing to abandon our agenda to focus on the needs of others. That, that Jesus, even though he had something important to do, he took the time to stop. And, and missional living requires time. It requires sacrifice. It requires our leaving our agenda to do something for somebody else. And the reality is that many of us have become so busy in our everyday lives, even doing good things, that we miss out on doing God things. And I want to encourage you, my brother, my sister, never allow the good things in your life to keep you from the God things that the Lord has called you to do. It reminds me of the story, the parable that Jesus gives of the Good Samaritan. We often focus on the fact that the Good Samaritan stopped and helped the man who was in the middle of the road. And we often demonize the priest and the Levite who did not stop for the man who was on the road. 
But if I would be honest with you today, more often than not, I find myself being more like the priest and the Levite and not more like the good Samaritan because I believe the priest and the Levite were doing good things. They were most likely on their way to the temple, most likely to fulfill their priestly and Levitical duties. But but even in the midst of their busyness and sometimes in the midst of our busyness, we should never allow our busyness to get in the way of the Father's business, that that even though we may be doing good things and we may be busy, we've got to do the work of our Savior. Jesus, even at 12 years old, when his mother found him in the temple after he was missing for three days, he says, don't you know I've got to be about my father's business, not not building my own kingdom, not doing my own business, but I'm doing my father's business. Jesus stopped. He took time out of his schedule to be a blessing to someone else. And I want to encourage and challenge someone today this week, find space in your busyness to stop and be a blessing to someone else. I know you're busy. I know you've got important things to do, but there's somebody who's depending on you to stop. When Jesus came to the place where Zacchaeus was, he stopped. Jesus often calls us to stop. And it is in our stopping that we're able to see people in their really place of need. The text says Jesus stopped. But not only did Jesus stop for Zacchaeus, but secondly, he spoke to Zacchaeus. He stopped for him, and then he spoke to him. The text says that when he got to the place where Zacchaeus was, He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down, for I need to go to your house. Jesus stopped and spoke to him. A part of our call to live life in a missional way is to recognize that we carry the words of life with us. Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of our tongues, and we have to use the words that God has given us, the gift of speech, the ability to speak life, to speak encouragement into someone else's life. There are people around us who all they need is someone to give them a word of encouragement. There are people who are literally dying for encouragement. A story was told of a man who went to the Golden Gate Bridge and jumped off and committed suicide. He killed himself. And when they went back to his home and searched his apartment, they found a suicide note that said, I'm on my way to go to the bridge and I'm going to jump off and kill myself myself. But if anybody stops me on my way and smiles and speaks to me and gives me a word of encouragement, I won't kill myself. But but nobody, while he was walking from his home to the bridge, nobody took the time to smile and speak to him. We have to recognize that words are important, that there are people who need a word of encouragement. And if we read the Gospels, we can find that there was no one that Jesus ever met that he was not willing to have a conversation with. He, He stopped in Samaria to have a conversation uh, with a woman who had had five husbands and and he spoke to her so much so that she said, who are you? Why are you a Jew speaking to me, a Samaritan? Jesus uh, took the time to speak to her. There was the woman who was caught in adultery and 
Everybody else wanted to stone her and kill her, but Jesus took the time to speak to her. Uh, there were the lepers who were considered outcasts and unclean. Jesus took time to speak to those who nobody else wanted to speak to. And, and in this instance, Jesus, the Bible says, uh, he stopped, he looked up, and he spoke to Zacchaeus, uh, and he spoke life into him. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life uh, where all I needed was a word of encouragement, somebody to give me a call and tell me that my life was still worth it. And, and even if nobody else called and nobody else spoke to me, there were times when God would speak to me for myself. Uh, anybody ever had him speak to you late in the midnight hour when nobody else would call you? He had a word for you and he says you will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. What does God speak to us? Uh, God said that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath. We are lender and not borrower. God speaks to us through his word. His word says, I've been young and now I'm old, but never have I ever seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God speaks to us through his word. His word says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What does his word says? His word says, nay, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors by the power of the shed blood of Jesus. And I don't know who you are and what you're doing, but God is speaking to you today and he's telling you, you can make it through that. You can survive it. You can go through it. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you a hope. I'm so glad that Jesus spoke to me. He speaks to us. And when Jesus speaks to Zacchaeus, he calls him. And the call is both personal and powerful. For when Jesus speaks to Zacchaeus, he calls him by his name. It's a personal call. He does not call him based upon his resume and what he had done. He didn't call him a filthy tax collector. He didn't call him a fraud and a cheat. He didn't call him an embezzler. He didn't say, you are the original Bernie Madoff. He did not discredit him and speak to him based upon his experiences and upon his mistakes. But when Jesus calls him, he calls him by his name. He says, Zacchaeus. What does Zacchaeus mean? Zacchaeus, it literally means a pure one, one who is pure. So God sees this dirty man who had done dirty things but yet calls him pure. And that's the same way that Jesus looks at us when he speaks at us. He does not see our mistakes. He does not see our sins. But he sees the sins that he died for and that we have been covered in the blood of Jesus. And where sin abounds, grace is much more abounding. And Jesus calls us by our name. He says, says, Zacchaeus, come down. The call is personal, but the call is also powerful. Because when Jesus calls Zacchaeus, he does not call him to stay in the sycamore tree. But he says, hurry up and come down from where you are. When Jesus speaks to us, when he calls us, uh, he does not leave us in the place where he finds us. Uh, one writer says it like this, that God loves us so much that he loves us where he finds us but he loves us too much to leave us there. 
He finds them in the stuck in the sycamore tree of life. And there have been times uh, that many of us have found ourselves stuck in the sycamore tree of life where we're hiding from the crowd. We're trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. We don't know quite how to get to him, but Jesus comes to us. He stops for us uh, and speaks to us, and he tells Zacchaeus, uh, come down. And today, that word is for someone that Jesus is calling us personally and powerfully from where we are and calling us into where he is designed for us to be. This master class on missional living, Jesus, he stops for Zacchaeus. He speaks to Zacchaeus. But finally, Jesus stays with Zacchaeus. For the text says in verse number five, he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must Stay at your house today. Jesus goes a step beyond stopping and speaking. And he says, I want to stay with you. Because Jesus was not only concerned with converting Zacchaeus. He was concerned with connecting to Zacchaeus. And missional living is not just about converting. It's about connecting. It's about building relationship with others. And, and Jesus models for that for us in this passage. He, he wants to connect with Zacchaeus. He, he doesn't just want to convert him. He wants to build a relationship with him. I'm reminded uh, uh, then, uh, Jay Helvey, who's somewhere in the building. Where are you, Jay? Wave your hand, Jay, where I can see. Jay, all the way in the back. Jay Helvey uh, started something called Break Bread Winston-Salem, where uh, he invites and we invite people from different paths of life uh, to share a meal with each other in someone's home. It's about connecting and building relationship. It's saying it's a call to say, I don't just want to convert you. I want to connect with you. I, I want to do life with you. I want to build a relationship with you. And that's the kind of Savior that we serve. Jesus did not just want to convert. He wanted to connect. But let me tell you that when we decide to go beyond stopping and speaking and make the decision to stay, that's when things get a little hairy. Uh, because when Jesus stopped for Zacchaeus and when he spoke to Zacchaeus, the crowd remained silent. But the moment he said, Zacchaeus, I want to stay at your house, the text says, they began to grumble. And they began to complain. And you got to be real careful because nobody who's ever done anything significant for the Lord has done so while paying attention to they. Because they will keep you from doing what God has called you to do. They will grumble. They will complain. And, and when we begin to live our lives in a missional way, it will shine a spotlight on those who are deciding not to do what God has called them to do. Because we recognize that, that we cannot minister effectively to the marginalized if we are not willing to go to the margins. And when we go to the margins, it makes us a target because those who live in the margins will always be criticized by those who stay in the center. That those who decide that they want to settle for comfortable Christianity and they just want to come to church and clap their hands for two seconds and go home, give their money and go home. But I decided a long time ago that Jesus did not die for me to remain comfortable. He didn't die for me to sit in the center and do nothing. But, but it takes a risk to leave the center and go out to the margins. It's, it's risky. It's comfortable here in the center. But 
But those of us who have made a call that says, I want to live my life the way Jesus has called me to, it means I've got to go beyond my comfort zone and I've got to get out into the margins. And when I get to the margins, I'm standing out. When I'm standing out, it makes me a target. The margins is a dangerous place. But Jesus did not pay attention to those who were criticizing him because they will criticize you. And if you're not careful, they will also crucify you because it was the same crowd who just a few days later were the ones who decided to crucify Jesus. But I don't know about you, but I made up in my mind a long time ago. I'm not going to allow they to stop me from doing what God called me to do. I'm not going to focus on them. I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to focus on the God who saved me, who changed me, who transformed my life. And, and the moment that Jesus uh, made a decision to speak to and stop for and begin to stay with uh, uh, Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us uh, that transformation takes place in Zacchaeus's life. Because when Jesus says, I'm coming to stay at your house, uh, all of a sudden Zacchaeus uh, begins to be transformed and he says, uh, I'm going to give half of my goods to feed the poor. And, and if I've defrauded anybody, I'm going to restore it unto them fourfold because uh, when we go out to the margins and we stay with those uh, uh, who are in need, uh, something happens on the inside. And, and Jesus responds to Zac Zacchaeus' uh, pronouncement of faith uh, and he says something powerful in the ninth verse. Uh, he says, today salvation has come to your house. And that's the good news of the gospel, my brothers and sisters, that, that when we, like Jesus, take the master class on missional living, when we take the time to stop, to speak, and to stay, that that's when Jesus begins to save. For Jesus brings salvation to Zacchaeus's house. And just like Zacchaeus, there were times in my life where I was stuck in the sycamore tree of life. I was hiding because of the things that I had done and, and didn't know which way to turn, but I knew I was looking for Jesus, and Jesus stopped by my way. He was passing by, and he stopped to see about me. He called me by my name, y'all. He said, Tejado, I want you to come down out of that sycamore tree. He stopped for me. He spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to stay with you. I will sit with you. I will dwell with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, that even when father and mother forsake you, that's when the Lord will pick me up. I wish somebody would get excited right now and thank God uh, that Jesus decided to stay with you, uh, that he picked you up and turned you around, uh, placed your feet on solid ground. Uh, I know I got to go right now, but I feel the Holy Ghost jumping up on me. Uh, I feel right Pentecostal up in this Presbyterian church. Uh, and this is about the time if I was home, uh, if I was at Mount Calvary, I tell you, I say, somebody ought to turn to your neighbor uh, and slap your neighbor high five uh, and say, neighbor, y'all ain't slapping your neighbor high five. I said, slap your neighbor high five and say neighbor God saved me he picked me up and turned me around and if you're glad today that Jesus stopped for you and Jesus spoke to you and Jesus stayed with you and Jesus saved you I dare you to give God the best praise you've got shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed out of the hand of the enemy for this is the day that the Lord has has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody thank God because he saved you. Jesus' mission is clearly identified in Luke 19 and 10. He says, the Son of Man comes to seek 
and to save the lost. Guess what, my brothers and sisters? If that was Jesus' mission, it's our mission too. So your mission today, should you choose to accept it, is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And in the words of St. Augustine, when necessary, use words. Feed the hungry. Give water to the thirsty. Clothe those who are naked. Welcome the stranger. Care for the sick. And visit those who are in prison. And unlike the television show Mission Impossible, this message will not self-destruct in five seconds. This message has persisted for over 2,000 years as Jesus has called each of us to live out our faith as local missionaries. It's our mission. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. God, today we thank you for how you've called us by name, how you've done a mighty work in us and through us. We thank you for how you've called us. You saved us, but you saved us to serve others. So today, oh, Lord, we make a decision, a conscious decision to stop not to allow our busyness to get in the way of your business. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the words to speak, to speak life and encouragement to those we come in contact with on a daily basis. And then, God, give us the discipline and the courage to stay. That even when it's difficult, when it's unpopular, when people criticize or try to crucify us, Help us, O oh Lord, to continue to live in the margins. Recognize that there are people all around us who are hurting and in need of your grace. And God, when we stop and when we speak and when we stay, that's when you save. And you will bring salvation to our communities, to our homes, and to the people who are all around us. We thank you now for what you have done and what you are doing in our lives as we follow your model for missional living. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say amen.